0: Street gang violence is not a new phenomenon, for lawless gangs of urban youth have been a fixture of life in our bigger cities for more than a century. Today, however, the gangs are a subject of growing national concern. To its members, the gang, or club, or clique, or neighborhood, is an identity. But while belonging to a gang is a harmless inclination of many youngsters, in the ghetto, The gang is far removed from fun. From the Jets to the Warriors, Hollywood has shown us a wide variety of street gang life on the silver screen. Some movies have shown gang members as complex, tragic figures scraping through urban life just trying to survive another day, while others are shown as faceless, multi-ethnic, zombie-like hordes terrorizing the good citizens of a crumbling metropolis. They killed the Giggler, man. They killed the Giggler! Crum, crum, Today on Slums crum, of Film History, crum, we'll ponder the history, crum, legacy, and accuracy of street gang depiction on crum, film. Crum. So join us as we discuss the sometimes merry, sometimes murderous, but always multicultural street games. Club, 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 club.
1: This is slums of film history, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is not normally discussed in Play Company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week, one of us researches our respective topic, writes
0: an episode, and then schools the other. We discuss everything from exploitation to ethnically inclusive street gangs to backwater hick rapists. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome.
1: Hey Slate. Hi Tom. How's it going? Good, how are you? Oh man, good. I'm excited about this episode. I know. Last one of season three. I can't believe it, yeah. So this we have now made thirty 36- six Hours basically of slums of film history. That's podcasts. crazy. That's bonkers. I was going to kind of make a big deal about it, our thirtieth episode, which was your black exploitation episode. But since it was a two-parter and I spelled the black exploitation wrong in the art, I kind of yeah. thought, well, let's just let it go. So right.
0: yeah, we started this a year and a half ago, and here here we are. I can't believe we've gotten three
1: seasons out in a year and a half. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's so, fucking but, nuts. Yeah, I,
0: just, I can't believe it.
1: So, do you have anything to put out? A couple things. Okay. Well, let's just start off and talk about when season four is coming. Okay. We don't know. We don't know. We don't really know.
0: <laughs> we're guesstimating sometime this
1: in July-ish. July-ish, yeah. We yeah. We're just looking at our calendars, trying to figure out when we're going to have the time to record and research right. and you know, all that stuff. So, but the short answer is season four is coming and it will be here around the summer time be just in time for summer or late in the summer. Yeah. But we'll keep you posted. And as soon yep. as we've got a date, we'll, uh, we'll throw it up on the website. Not literally. We won't be like Bruh! season well, we four, might. but yeah, well, we might Depends, depends on yeah. the day. All right, and we've got just a few more shout-outs that I just wanted to mention, and it's my turn. So this is from listener Jason on exploitation. He wrote, fun fact, Nichelle Nichols was supposed to kiss Leonard Nimoy in Star Trek, but according to an interview with William Shatner, he convinced Gene Roddenberry to change the script. Did you know that? I did not Interesting. know Interesting. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. Our listener, William, on the Parasites episode wrote, a Parasite movie you should check out is Baby Blood from 1990. I feel like I've stumbled on it. I thought annoying. you talked about that in Bad Babies because, isn't this the one where the woman has the fetus that talks to her so he and makes wrote, her kill? An abused pregnant woman is infected with a parasite that takes over her unborn baby. The parasite communicates with her telepathically, yeah. Yeah. making demands for blood that results in her going on a killing spree. Many in the U.S. prefer the English dubbed version because Gary Oldman provides the baby's voice. Wow. Well, that is a listener comment. That's that a is good a, listener That's a good one. Comment. That's a good very one. good. But yeah, you did talk about that movie in Bad Babies. I did talk about yeah yeah all right he also had a correction tom referred to h.r geiger as having been german he was actually swiss he was swiss i I just fucked that up i actually knew that but i I fucked it up yeah uh we got an email from a listener named marlis and it was all about black devil doll from hell my favorite movie to talk about yeah and she says that uh have you seen this the streaming service called shutter no i mean i've heard of it but i've never seen it yeah so it's for horror movies so black devil doll from hell is available on the shutter streaming service wow amazing right yeah no shit
0: is it, like, high def? Is it, you know, remastered? I don't think this
1: movie exists Criterion in high de- version? I don't think high def and Black hmm. Devil Doll from Hell have ever been in the same room before. So. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. And then on Twitter, one of our listeners, Sarah, you know, you talked about in your parasites the... What was it? A guy's weird salamander tumor or something? Yeah, yes. the, guy, the oh, article right. that had it removed, and it looked maybe it was a parasitic twin or whatever. It was something stuck she, in the back of his neck. She's saying maybe it was a teratoma, and then she provided huh. a link for something that was horrifying. It's the... <laughs> wiki uh link on teratomas and there. kind of like they're tumors they're not parasites but Ugh. i couldn't look at it it was so gross that's yeah, disgusting it's
0: not a toma teratoma. it's not a teratoma yeah, yeah that's bad
1: so thanks that was from sarah think, on thanks Twitter. for ruining our dinner sarah. uh sarah yeah so just a couple things that i wanted to shout out for our last episode again please keep them coming but as you know we do four at a time so we're we're done shouting out now but if you get comments we'll do it on the opening episodes of season four so yeah so awesome. Thanks, everyone. We are listening. We love to hear from everyone. So,
0: yeah. Anytime you have suggestions or comments or anything, don't hesitate to send them to us. So good. All right. Well, let's get started. Mm-hmm. So, I got interested in this topic way back when I did it's not that long ago, but way back when I did Vigilante Vets because during my research, part of that episode, a lot of these Vigilante Vet movies have them square off against like street gangs, mm-hmm. like Deathwish, for example. And I noticed interesting disparity in how these gangs were represented on the screen and how gangs usually are in real life, Uh which is interesting in that point, too, because a lot of these movies like Death Wish and these movies of the 70s are really trying for grit. You know, They're filmed on location in New York. A lot of these movies are good time capsules for New York because they show just how dingy and dirty it
1: is. And I love it, yeah. Yeah, I
0: do, too. But it, it really shows accurate location. Their violence is very explicit and very accurate as well. And then it's just like the gangs are just totally not like any gang that were existing at that time right period. sure yeah and so I don't know why that disparity exists so thinking about that is where my jumping off point for this this podcast okay and then I started digging further and further and so here we are yeah but before we get started on that note I also want to set some ground rules which we do every episode yep and I want to distinguish between street gang movies and mobster slash gangster movies okay so in other words I'll be talking about movies like the Warriors mm-hmm. spoiler yep my but favorite. I'm not gonna discuss movies like the Godfather series mm-hmm. or Scarface either either the 1932 version or 1983 De Palma version. So in all gang movies, you know, that deal with organized crime, I'm not talking about those. These are strictly just movies that deal with street gangs. How
1: about the movie Gangs of New York?
0: I actually talk about that briefly. That'll be later on. Okay. But
1: I have a funny story about that.
0: I can't wait to hear it. So anyway, I'm just laying down some ground rules there so you understand what, what movies I'm focusing on throughout this episode. Let mm-hmm. I me mean, start at the beginning like I always do and see what's the first thing I can find that deals with street gangs. Mm-hmm. Again, literature, movies, whatever. And the first thing that I could find that really had anything to say about street gangs was actually Sherlock Holmes stories. Hmm. Sherlock Holmes, in his various adventures, had these little kid street gang punks that would feed him information called the Baker Street Irregulars. Okay. So you'd give them a shekel or whatever the fuck British coin. <laughs> they like that. Like, you hello,
1: you're the Shackled Field Regulars. What were they called?
0: The Biker Straight Regulars. Straight. I, that's my terrible accent. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm it's really bad. Don't anyone be
1: offended by this. Yeah, which they will be. Yeah, it's fine.
0: So the groups first appear in the Sherlock Holmes story, the very first one, A Study in Scarlet, and then they appear again in The Sign of Four. But that's the first street gangs I could find. Okay. So it may not be accurate, but that's all I could find. The first movie I could find that dealt with any type of street gangs was a silent film that was directed by D.W. Griffith called The Musketeers of Pig Alley from 1912. Mm-hmm. And it's also considered one of the first films to officially mark the start of the gangster slash crime genre, you know, about organized crime. Sure. It wasn't the first gangster movie ever made, but it was one of the few films that actually survived. Mm-hmm. So it still exists. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Just to give you a rough plot, the story is about a poor, virtuous, vulnerable lady who was threatened, victimized, and terrorized by Snapper Kid. (laughs) That's the name of the character. Snapper Kid? Snapper Uh Kid. The gangster leader of a gang known as the Musketeers. So yeah, it's technically a gangster film. However, scenes were shot in the gangland territory of New York City's Lower East Side in the slum tenements. Mm -hmm. A lot of the cast members include actual New York gang members. So like street gang kids that were there and people at the time. And on that note, what I'm going to try to do throughout this episode is give a little tidbit of actual gang presence in these areas mm-hmm. and and then talk about the films that were happening around that time period sure. and sort of compare and contrast. And one other thing I wanted to add is I'm mostly focusing on gangs that are either in L.A. or New York. Okay. And movies that deal with that topic as well. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, in New York, during this time period, somewhere around the late 1800s to the early 1920s, You had a lot of immigrants coming in, so a lot of Poles, Italians, Jews were coming into New York City. Mm -hmm. And this ushered in what historians, I guess, call the first phase of gang life in New York City. Okay. With all this influx of people, the city simply didn't have enough homes for all the people that were coming in. Still doesn't. And, of course, the New York Police Department at the time didn't have enough personnel to handle all the criminal activity. So gangs and other criminal groups pretty much roamed free at that point. Out west around this time, out in California, in the L.A. area, It was a lot of Latino gangs that were coming up from Mexico. These were known as boy gangs, Mm -hmm. and they were showing up and they were kind of loose knit groups. And they sort of banded together for unity and socializing in the barrio neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Most gang members were ranging from 14 to 20 years old. Uh, most of the crimes were property crimes and burglary. So there wasn't, and maybe fighting other gangs, but there wasn't like a lot of violence. It wasn't like a lot of murder or anything. Sure. They're this is like the 1920s. Kids. It was just kid, it was kid Yeah, it was petty crime and kids' gangs and they weren't very organized either. So that's just to right. give you a flavor of how f- gangs were structured and organized at the time. So, moving forward, I'm going to talk about movies again. And I'm jumping a little bit, too, because, you know, again, I have some choice movies I want to talk about. And I didn't list everything. There's too many to list, but I want to get some of the, the big movies. And so, the movie I'm going to jump off with is... So, you're m- saying this is
1: a gangbang, basically. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Well done, Slate. We I've been pl- waiting to say that joke for, like, four whole minutes. That's and awesome. And you did it. It took forever. Too. And it just
0: shot out of you. Yeah. So, the next movie I want to talk about... That's a good segue into this, is Uh West Side Story, the classic 1957 play that was made into a movie in 1961.
1: When you're a jet, you're a jet, all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. I feel like I want to get some input from you on this just because... I have a story about West Side Story. Oh, that's awesome. It was just one of those things that growing up, my mom was like, the coolest movie ever made was (laughs) West Side Story. It's so cool and hip, and it was just so, you know, I mean, coming from a very small, very white family in Virginia. You know, this was her big exposure to culture, you yeah. know, was West Side Story and gangs, and she knew all about it because, right. you know, the snapping or whatever and so for me I don't know for my sister too I just always just thought it was the most uncool thing I had ever seen in my life because of course my mom thought it was cool which meant to me that it was just super super lame and then she (laughs) took us to go see uh, you know some local theater version of it or whatever which was even lamer than the movie you know it's just like every time she tried to double down to be like no no it's cool see it just she doubled less like it just completely like fell over so now every time I see anything about West Side Story I'm just like, oh, mom, you're so lame. <laughs> That's
0: hilarious. I hadn't seen it before, except like maybe a year ago, mm-hmm. and it was when I was thinking about doing this episode. Actually, it's probably a good movie. It's, right? it's actually a good I'm movie. Sure it is. I mean, it's
1: it is very. I'll never think that though. Like, no, I it's know it was won't... just permanently ingrained in my brain.
0: Well, it is a good movie, and it also got a lot of praise from you know critics and the public. The film won ten Academy Awards. Yep, and I think it was nominated for eleven, but won ten, no, including for Best lame. Picture. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know where to go from here. So anyway, so it clearly is not a realistic depiction of gang life in New York or anywhere. I mean, it's hyper stylized. Spoiler, gangs don't go around dancing and snapping Snapping fingers fingers, before they get in fights with white people trying to act like they're Puerto Rican, Mm -hmm. which was another thing that happened in this movie, actually. Uh, So the actress, uh, Natalie Wood, who played Maria, Mm -hmm. is white as fuck. Right. Very white. But she played Puerto Rican. And actually, the actual Puerto Ricans that were in this movie didn't seem Puerto Rican enough, so they darkened their, their makeup. They gave him bronze. They gave them, bronze, they gave them bronzer. Yeah. So they, it was they played it in brown face, pretty much.
1: Right, but they took whitish acting Puerto Ricans and made their skin darker. Yes, that's what happened. I love so, that. Yeah.
0: So yeah, there's some memorable songs in West Side Story. It's a pleasant enough musical for lame. For lame, that Slate thinks lame, but it's a good movie. Some people love it. I hope our listeners can tell us whether they think it's lame or not. Anyway, but. What if my
1: mom calls tomorrow and is like, so I'm a listener. Hello, my name is... Your mom will never, ever do that.
0: But I'll be like, did you catch Slate's BD episode? (laughs) All right, so flipping this to real life. So like I said, this movie's totally stylized. At this time in the 50s, if you're looking at places like New York, it was presumed that gangs were pretty much gone. Like all those immigrant gangs that were there from the 20s had virtually or appeared to have virtually disappeared at that time. That wasn't necessarily true. What was actually happening was there was a a massive migration up in New York from like Southern blacks. And as they started getting into the city, there was a lot of white neighborhood gangs that started forming and they were there trying to, I guess, push out the black gang. So there was this racial tension that was going on. Big shock. It's the 50s. Mm -hmm. And they were, you know, going against each other. And then you saw a similar thing, you know, with like the racial tension and whatnot, where you had black gangs out in L.A. and you saw more white intimidation gangs but eventually, these black gangs were able to sort of choke out the white racist gangs that were in those areas. And so when you finally get to the 70s, and especially around 1970 and 1972, you know, a lot of black youth that were looking for a new identity began to mobilize and get organized and sort of morph these old gangs into the new one. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, that ended up going into two directions, which I know were them. the Crips and, and bloods. the Bloods. Well I done. This. I should have made that a quiz, and you could yeah. have guessed that. Which leads me to my next era of talking about cinematic gang which is the 70s. So we talk a lot about 70s cinema. It was the start of the new wave of American filmmaking. Right. Films were getting grittier and getting more Mm hyper-realistic. But I'm taking a bit of a detour with the next movie I'm talking about because the next movie I'm going to bring up is the 1971 Kubrick classic Clockwork Orange. Oh, wow. So this does not take place in California or New York. This Mm -hmm. takes place in Europe and it's a dystopian pseudo-futuristic movie about gang life. Yep. It stars Malcolm Medow as Alex. He's the main character, and he's a very charismatic, anti-social delinquent who loves Beethoven, classical mm-hmm. music, and he also loves, you know, rape, the old in-out, in-out. Mm-hmm. He loves the ultraviolence, fighting all the time, and he leads a small band of thugs known as his droogs, and he fights other gangs that are, like, kind of ridiculous as well.
1: Yeah, the movie's kind of written in a different language. It's written kind in a different language, weird, a very weird yeah.
0: slang, sort of mm-hmm. dystopian futuristic slang, and you know, it, it deals with psychological conditioning when they're trying to stop crime and turn him into a different person. It's a great movie. It's a great it's satire. It's terrific. You have anything to
1: talk about that? Uh, a story? I didn't really have any stories about The Clockwork Orange. I actually wasn't allowed to watch it. It was one of the few movies that I wasn't allowed to watch when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, it's it still really holds up as a fine piece of film. Obviously, very controversial yeah. as it should be. I, yeah. It's just a
0: great movie Uh, yeah it is a great movie I mean it's a classic for a reason but I think that whole idea of these extremely violent rapey sociopathic gangs that were roaming Europe Britain or even the states I guess I think that was the, the idea the mindset like this was the next progression you had what was left over from the 60s and all the civil unrest then, and then mm-hmm. you had the wild teens that were running the street, and there was more crime. So it just seemed I think in the, the national consciousness, including in Britain and here, that we were gonna have a bunch of young psychopaths roaming the street, just raping and killing everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what this film is, just that progression of it. Yep. As for the gangs themselves, the Drugs are dressed in like their little white
1: yeah, jock straps their own, like, and their uniform, Very yeah.
0: iconic, and then the other gangs would have their own uniforms with face paint and camouflage and which it's kind of ridiculous because they're so outlandish. But but I mean, there's a point to that. I guess they're trying to make them look futuristic. But
1: right. Well, I mean, you know, the Crips have their colors and the Bloods have their, their colors. They do. And gang colors is a is a very real thing. Right. So and we'll I, yeah, that. I can definitely understand how the fucking Shriners have got a uniform they wear. You know, yeah. and they ride around in little cars. With they little do. Funny they go out and they and fight
0: and rape and stuff too out there. I know. It's it's fucking it's Shriners, mean man. Mean motherfuckers. I know, Shriners. man. Something needs to be done about that gang. I agree. All right, my next movie we've talked about it before, so i want to mention it again, and that's Death Wish from 1974. Mm-hmm. The Charles Brown. Ronson Vigilante movie. I talked about it at length in Vigilante Vets, but I didn't talk about this aspect of it, which was the street gang aspect of it. So I'll go into some detail again on Death Wish. So it's about a guy who becomes a vigilante after his wife is murdered and his daughter is raped by this gang of thug assholes during a home invasion. And it spawned a whole series of movies, and we'll talk about a few of them as we go along. But Death Wish received mixed and extremely negative reviews upon its release. It was considered like a very fascist film, pro-vigilante, and... It's the first film I noticed, and that's part of the reason why I'm doing this, that the gangs really didn't match up to how gangs operated in, in the real world. It's the first which I use this a good bit in
1: here, gang type of environment mm-hmm. in, in this movie. Where there were just people in a gang, and you didn't really know why they were a gang. Right. Yet.
0: Now, they were still kind of separate here. Like, for instance, the white gang that raped and murdered his wife were all white, including Jeff Goldblum.
1: Mm-hmm. Who said that he killed? Terrifying gang member Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: whose famous line was, "God damn rich cunt, I kill rich cunts."
1: (laughs) Oh, Jeff. Jeff. America's sweetheart, Jeff (laughs) Goldblum.
0: He and his gang—they were all white. So I watched through the movie again just to see all the people he kills. And it's, like, right down the middle. Like, he kills an equal amount of black gang members and Latino gang members and white gang members. I'm sure, just like they did producers. that on purpose. Yeah, yeah this, this movie did this on purpose because they're like, we already have a fascist movie of a guy taking the law in his own hands. This old white guy. I mean, if you play it wrong, it's just going to look like he's just hunting minorities. Right, yeah. And they're like, we're we're not going to do that.
1: And the, this was an easy out. They're like, make the white people, you know, rape his wife. and <laughs> right. You know.
0: But going on, you'll see more of a diversified gang presence, mm-hmm. and I, just, I find that really interesting. And so, and actually, you'll see it in the very next movie I'm about to talk about. Okay. And that movie is Assault on Precinct 13 from 1976. Mm-hmm. It's terror in the night. It's the most shattering assault on a police station in history. Assault on Precinct 13. This is the siege. It's a goddamn siege. Did you ever see this movie? No,
1: is this Clint Eastwood?
0: No, this is John Carpenter's first movie. John Carpenter's. Game. Yeah.
1: No, I didn't see it.
0: Yeah, it's an indie movie, it's his first film. He did the score and of course wrote and edited it and he did everything on it because it was his first movie, he didn't have any money. But the story takes place on a Saturday in this crime infested area in South Central Los Angeles and it's about this local gang uh, known as Street Thunder. This multi cult gang known as Street Thunder. I love that. As the plot goes, they'd recently stole a large number of guns. The police raided their hideout, killed some of their members. So the rest of Street Thunder are like, we're going to get revenge on these motherfuckers. And so they go out and they're like causing havoc or whatever. So what ends up happening is a group of them, including like one of the higher ranking people Mm -hmm. in the gang, they're going out shooting people. They shoot an ice cream truck guy. They end up shooting, and this is what's fucked up. They end up shooting a little girl. Mm -hmm. Like it shows her get shot. Like they show her get fucking killed Uh with ice cream. She's like, like, oh I ordered vanilla and he's like Pff. and it's, it's Kim Richards if you know who she is really <laughs> yeah it's, she gets shot the fuck down in this movie Wow
1: yeah huh, that, that's, that's hardcore like yeah. John
0: Carpenter and fucking play yeah anyway her father sees that he grabs a gun and he chases down the gang and he shoots like one of the warlords right Mm-hmm. In front of this police station that's being decommissioned. So mm-hmm. there's only a few people in there and a couple of prisoners that are going to be transferred. So he runs into this police station. Well, the gang's like, we're going to get payback, motherfucker. So then it becomes a siege movie where they're trying to break into this decommissioned uh, police see. station. Mm-hmm. And so this gang, their whole mission is to break into here and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And it sort of becomes, in a weird way, its own little zombie movie because these gang members don't really say anything. Like they don't, there's a couple of them that say send them out. But other than that, there's like no personality. There's waves of multi culty gang members with guns trying to break into this police station mm-hmm. it's actually an entertaining movie and i have a link for it on youtube it's free on youtube mm-hmm. so i'll put it on the site great there was actually a remake of this film in 2005 starring ethan Hawke and lawrence fishburne but it kind of sucked it was shitty and yeah. actually the gang members were replaced with crooked cops so it wasn't worth mentioning here yeah sure anyway the next film i want to discuss really quick is greece from 1978 <laughs> mm-hmm. the american musical romantic comedy film Directed by Randall Kaiser, starring John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. So this takes place in the 50s, and it's a bunch of white gangs doing white gang stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hokey as shit. They're like greasers. They're greasers. Yeah. You know, they have switchblades and stuff, but it's just, it's nothing, you yeah, know? I agree. But it's a gang movie, and it's a musical, and it's adorable. Mm-hmm. And... Somebody in this room oh, no.
1: was in a high school production of this very play. I played Danny Zuko. Yes, you the did. The gayest Danny Zuko <laughs> you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> life. Beauty school drama. No graduation day for you
0: Beauty school dropout Mr. your midterms and
1: Flunk shampoo. <laughs> oh God, I can't believe you brought this up. I'm, so, actually, I'm That's uh, why
0: I brought this movie up. Was yeah, for this.
1: so a couple of funny things about that. So yeah, I did. I was a senior in high school and I played Danny Zuko. I actually had platinum bleach blonde hair and I was like, I'm not dyeing my hair black for this movie. And so they were like, okay, we bought you this wash in black dye to put in your hair for when you do it. I put it in my hair and then like washed it out. And this is like right before I was about to go on and yeah. it turned my hair purple. Do you remember this? Yes. I was a purple haired gay Danny Zuko. (laughs) Somebody recorded that. There's a videotape of this somewhere. So that was the second story, which (laughs) I was going through uh, some videotapes, and I found the copy of it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I watched a little bit of it and was like, oh, whatever. I'm not embarrassed. I don't give a shit, you know? And then I was moving, and you know, I live in a little New York apartment, and I was moving apartments, and I had this box of video cassettes that were all of our, like, home videos, and I threw them all in the trash. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So when you talk about somebody still has a copy of... It's not you. It's not me. I threw mine in the trash. Don't care.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. And just for the record, my theater career began and ended with the stage adaptation of *Smoking the Bandit. So oh, That's true. I that's true. We both up. have very sordid pasts very in the theater. Pasts. All right. So I'm moving on from this, but I had to bring it up. All right. So the next movie I'm talking about is like the most gangy gang gang movie ever. And I love this movie. And it's The Warriors from 1979. Woo! So this is the ultimate street gang movie ever. For those of you who don't know, it's an American action thriller film directed by Walter Hill and it's based on a 1965 novel of the same name. But the story centers around a New York City gang from Coney Island. Mm My favorite Uh,
1: place in the world.
0: Yes, who must return to their home turf after they're framed for a murder of a respected gang leader. It stars Michael Beck of Xanadu and Megaforce fame. Mm -hmm. And it's equal parts cheesy and fucking awesome. So, just to expand the plot a little bit, the deal is all the gangs in New York are invited to go to Van Cortlandt Park in the Bronx mm-hmm. for this big gang meeting, which the most powerful gang in the city, which are the Grand Mercy Riffs, are trying to call a truce because they want to, all the gangs to start working together because they're like, we can control the city, we outnumber all the police, we can run the city, and of Which course- a solid plan. But then the gang leader gets shot right. by some dickhead gang, and they blame the warriors for it. They're like, the warriors did it, and then right at that time, the cops show up. So everybody hauls ass and tries to escape, and so now everyone thinks the warriors shot this gang leader, so now they're all being hunted down by all these gangs so every gang is now hunting them down and they have right. to get back
1: to their home turf so it takes place in one night and it's it's such a fun movie there's a lot of old like 1970s subway stops and there's a lot of just really great New York but specifically yeah. Brooklyn landscape
0: yeah. yeah and I think it's on Netflix yeah still. I mean
1: I watched it relatively recently same again. here I love the movie. I think it's such a piece of film history it's and such great. a classic time. Coney Island, which is my favorite place in the world. I live you know, relatively close to it in, in Brooklyn has had kind of a sordid past with it because, you know, obviously when it came out it's not the best look for Coney Island, you know but now they've really kind of embraced it now that, you know, obviously that Coney Island doesn't actually have a gang problem. (laughs) Um, And they actually just had a, what do you call it? I wanted Like a Warriors Con? Yeah, they had like a bunch of the original members of the cast like showed up and people dressed up and, you know, they basically had like a reunion of the Warriors in Coney Island. I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. That's, That's awesome. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, the movie's tons
0: of fun, but the gangs aren't even remotely realistic. No, no. I mean, which are, is
1: one of the reasons why the movie's so fun. Yeah,
0: it is so fun. Which, again, is part of that that whole thing where the setting is very gritty. The violence is pretty gritty as well, but the gangs are just, like, totally unbelievable. Yep. And I've got a list of some of the names of these gangs oh, and, I, and a little good. bit of the description. So, you've got the Warriors, who are the hero of this film, and they are mm-hmm. a very multicultural gang. They're black and white members of this gang, and they're all allied because they're all from Coney Island.
1: Right, which is the thing. If you're right. from Coney Island, you should stick together because... It's an interesting place.
0: It is an interesting place. Then you've got the rogues who started the trouble. They're the ones that actually shot the gang leader, and they're multicultural as well. You have got the baseball furies, who are all dressed in Yankees uniforms mm-hmm. and face paint.
1: Yep. They're just so—I love them because they're so ridiculous. They have baseball bats, and it's just, yep. they're so fucking weird. The weird thing about the baseball gang, though, is like you think about gangs about being like outside of society, you know? And they're yep. like weird. The, we don't, you know, like white society isn't for us, so we're gonna do this thing. The Yankees are the most like yep. prof- Profitable, like white, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really funny that they turn that into a gang. Yeah, you know? That's, I know it's incredible. It's like being like the investment bankers. You yeah, know, but and this it's gets like, even better. Uh-huh. There's a gang in here called the Hi
0: Hats, and they're they're fucking mimes. Uh-huh. They're all dressed oh, as seriously. I they're mimes. Them, the mime. Yeah. The, so there's a, the most my mom non-threatening gang. Like, they're the game. cool <laughs>
1: ones, The, the, the hi hats. The High. I that's love the hi hats. That's what a gang is
0: like. They're cool. And then there's this all-girl gang called
1: the Lizzies, which
0: may be sort of gay. Like the yeah. yeah, Yeah. Every now and was, then
1: I still hear a Lizzie's reference and I'm always like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You made a The Great Mercy
0: Riffs mm-hmm. is a gang, which of course they're the all black gang who are kind of Black Panther-ish. They do have some ethnic gangs. There's the Hurricanes. They're all Spanish. Satan's Mothers, they're a motorcycle gang in the love movie. That one. The Savage Hun, they're a Chinatown all Asian gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all these ridiculous gangs and yeah. warriors that are it. trying to hunt the warriors down. It's so really cool. awesome. Yeah. But, you know, as far as realism, I was looking up some stuff to see how realistic this would be. And... Again, and this has been pointed out before, most gangs are, they're separated by race for the most part and ethnicity. That's just sure, how yeah, gangs are, are made up. So here's a fun fact about the Warriors and dealing with real gangs since we're trying to, you know, doing the compare and contrast. So during the filming of the Warriors, film trucks were quote unquote protected by a real gang called
1: the Mongrels for 500 bucks a
0: day. Mm-hmm.
1: We talk about that a lot in yeah. gangs that, you know, are, are, that they pay off basically to make sure that filming can, you know, happen on their turf.
0: Yeah. In one instance, the Warriors sign was painted on a bathhouse for one of the photos and it was painted over a real gang's tag so the gang didn't like that too much and so the producers had to pay them and uh, let them be in the film to say sorry we painted over your gang tag. Mm-hmm. And just to add something else, you remember when I talked about living that dive for black exploitation, they actually had to pay a gang to be allowed to film in Harlem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really like The Warriors. Is there anything else you want to discuss about this movie? I, I think I, this so. movie's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, one more thing before moving on from the 70s, I need to talk about one more film which is called The Wanderers. Have
1: you heard of this movie? Vaguely. Yeah. Was it a western?
0: No, 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 no. It was released the same year as The Warriors. And it was directed by Philip Kaufman, but it's it's another gang movie. It's set mm-hmm. in the Bronx in 1963, and the film follows a gang of Italian-American teenagers known as the Wanderers and their ongoing power struggles with like a rival gang, which is Dell Bombers, and their black gang. So I guess it's just like a period piece gang movie I I guess it did well and got a good reception but I didn't research it much it was very close to the warriors and they were like trying to fight each other no pun intended trying to fight each other to release the warriors first which they were released it's funny that the
1: warriors and the wanderers basically had a gang fight of like who could get their movie out quicker and the warriors won
0: because they're the best I agreed Moving on, now we're gonna to go to the 80s, and this is my favorite part for this. I, this is actually the real reason I do this whole thing is because if you're talking about multi-culty, crazy-looking gangs and movies, it's the 80s where they really shine. Okay, and I really want to point out too, it's like it's that one visual style. If you remember those gangs, they like somehow mixed punk rock, like David Bowie glam, or a combo
1: both. Not to mention like breakdancing culture. Yep, it's just such a weird. Yeah, it was look. like a combination of like punk rock, androgyny, <laughs> yeah. Prince, David Bowie, Michael Jackson, right. Cyndi Lauper. Yeah, but and complete anarchy and kiss makeup. Totally
0: like not like any gang ever. Right, but it's just I love and that like look. All men wore crop tops for some reason. For some reason that was that was macho in the eighties. So anyway, the first movie I want to talk about is, and I love this movie too, is Escape from New York from nineteen
1: eighty one. New York, nineteen ninety seven. The entire city is a walled maximum security prison. John Carpenter's Escape from New York. The high adventure of the future. One man must go in where no man has ever gotten out. John Carpenter's Escape from New York. The greatest escape of them all is about to blow the future apart.
0: So that film was co-written, co-scored, and directed by none other than John Carpenter, who we talked about for Assault on Precinct 13. So the film is set in the near future 1997. Ooh. Yeah, no way, far in the future. In a crime-ridden United States that converted Manhattan into a maximum security prison, which I don't buy that at all because that's prime real estate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, No, never. I mean, I could see them doing... The Bronx, maybe. Yeah. And so (laughs) ex-soldier Snake Plissken, played by Kurt Russell, who is this badass is given 24 hours to find the president whose plane was shot down over New York and he's being held hostage in New York City. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Have you seen it? It's been a while, but yeah. It's great. Yep. I own it and I watched it again not too long ago and it's wonderful. And of course the gangs are just like I'm describing them. They're all glammed out, sort of in that pre-Mad Maxian type of mm-hmm. look, you know, glam, but leather. And the coolest thing about that is that they're led by Isaac Hayes. He's the Duke of New York. Right, that's yep. right, yeah. So he's, What's
1: interesting about the fact that like, these gangs are so fashion forward yeah they really are like when i think about gangs and again i have very little gang experience let me just rephrase that i have zero gang experience (laughs) but like the fact that they were like and gangs these completely outside of society people are super fashiony right they love makeup and like leather and fashion that's it's just important. It's like the opposite of Of what
0: that, a real gang but, you is. You know, again,
1: I have no experience in this. Yeah, scene. true. So
0: I like this movie just on every level, but I also like it on, it's like, I don't want to say satirical level, but just what it's trying to say. Because, you know, it's to the point where the 70s were saying that the cities were going to be so violent that what this movie's saying is the, the next step is just box off all the gangs inside the urban city and let them kill themselves off, you yeah. know? Right so. I like the social commentary of Escape from New York, and I still think it's a a really, really cool movie.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to revisit that one.
0: Yeah, it's fun. Now, the sequel, Escape from L.A., is not worth your time. I
1: hear people dogging that
0: movie all the time. It's really bad. Yeah, so it's not worth your time. But this one is still a very good movie, and, and the gangs are just great. And Isaac Hayes, so there you go. All right, so moving on, the next film I want to talk about is Death Wish 2 from 1982 because that's when they up the glam factor in that one. Again, it's the same type of gangs with fashion-forward, multicultural ideals, and they're all just like, let's be assholes together. Right, which makes no sense. And have Charles Bronson kill them all together too, so that's nice. The next movie I want to talk briefly about is Class of 1984, also released in <laughs> 1982. It was a Bad Movie Monday staple. Love this one. So you actually ended up watching that. Yeah, I
1: watched it. I usually watched your Bad Movie Monday. Sometimes it was a little bit after the fact, but yeah, I really enjoyed Class of 1984,
0: I did yeah. And it's the same type of gang. You know, it's these gangs that are in high school and of course they're 30 years old or whatever mm-hmm. and you know they, they have the punk rock hair and they're all like multi culty and they're just like murderous little bastards and yeah. this one and they just talk back to adults that's the main
1: thing they do is, is talk like back show to adults. adults that like they are stupid
0: that they're yeah. running the schools and running the show right. and in this case this one follows it's pretty much like a high school version of Death Wish in that this gang like rapes this guy's wife and kills some people too I think mm-hmm. and he goes after them and ends up killing them all and it stars the young Michael J. Fox uh-huh. that's right I think it was his right first movie or one of his first movies so yeah. class of 1984 a good one. like that one. mm-hmm. and then my next movie here is Death Wish 3 from 1985 I had to talk about Death Wish 3 because this is the, like the bat shit crazy Death Wish film mm-hmm. this is like the one that all the other ones are measured by because it's just totally fucking insane in this one, Charles Bronson's character comes back to New York. In the second movie, well, let me backtrack. In the second movie, he only kills the people that kills his daughter. So he just goes after specific people. Okay. And here he's cleaning up the whole fucking street. He's just street. like, gonna kill everybody. He's cleaning up everybody. So Charles Bronson's character comes back to New York, and he's visiting like a Korean War vet friend. Well, this gang ends up killing his friend, and this gang is called the Street Punk Gang. So Charles Bronson—bad
1: things keep happening to Charles Bronson. He really just needs like,
0: to move to an island or something, know. you know. But the Street Punk Gang—they're like running the the streets and they're taking over the neighborhoods. So Charles Bronson like just starts killing them all. And there's a point where he has a fifty caliber machine gun and he's just mowing people down with. But what I really want to do right now is talk about a specific scene in this movie. And it's the one scene that you had a very visceral reaction to. So I want to discuss some of that one. And that scene is let a, me describe it. Okay. Because I've do. never
1: seen a Death Wish movie. I never will, based on the scene that I saw. If you're going to see one,
0: see this one. But he's go ahead.
1: He's walking down the street. He has a camera, like a, a high priced camera. Yeah. yeah. You know, like a like Canon or something. Decent camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. SLR. And a black guy who's called the Giggler, right? He's yeah. the Giggler or something. I think he's Latino. It, it's, Sorry. He's He's not white, and Charles Bronson is the whitest person I've ever seen. He is the whitest person, yeah. This guy grabs the camera off of the guy and runs away. Charles Bronson pulls out a... I don't know anything about guns, but he pulls out a giant-ass gun gun and shoots him in the back as he's running away. And just kills him right down the street. And kills him. An unarmed man shoots him in the back, and then the... All of the black townspeople are like, Oh, good job Everybody comes out of their house. For coming out of our neighborhood and shooting an unarmed citizen (laughs) because he stole (laughs) your shithole camera. I was Furious about. It. I mean, it's yeah. been too long that I, I like laughed about it, but I was furious about this. Yeah, I mean, it's awful. They're standing outside their window. You know, they're like leaning out their windows, and they're all applauding. They're like, thanks, white guy. You finally came into and our shot a black man in the neighborhood <laughs> and shot an unarmed man. Boy, thanks. I was floored by this. Yeah, it's just. What year up. was this? This is eighty-five.
0: Uh-huh. What's Reagan-ears, even better? Yeah, what's even better. Was the next scene has like his gang member friends, half of them white, or like mm-hmm. they the giggler, man. They killed the giggler! You know, so now they're all like outraged that they killed the giggler. Right, it's
1: he was our best camera stealer. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> it was. This movie is something to horrible. behold. Horrible. But this gang in this movie is like the epitome of the multi culty, crazy, punked out David
1: Bowie glam, fashion forward gang. Basically, the because movies. they. Even though he shot an unarmed person in the back, they couldn't all be black people, basically, no. is what you're saying. Yeah. But Charles Inf- Bronson kills, like,
0: every gang member yeah. in New York in this movie. It's infuriating. Yeah, it's something It's something else. But anyway, I'm going to move on from that. We could probably talk about this the whole damn episode. But I want to do a quick mention on the Robocop series before I leave the mm-hmm. 80s. Or before I get further down in the 80s, I should say. Because Robocop does the same thing. He kills a bunch of multi freaking gang people. Mm-hmm. You know, white, black doesn't matter. He should small down... And, you know, just to kind of put it in perspective, you know, in the first RoboCop, Clarence Bodiger, who's the main gang guy, mm-hmm. you know, there's only one black guy in his gang. Right. It's all white. And then in RoboCop 2, it's another multi gang run by the main guy, Kane. Mm-hmm. And he has like a Latino girlfriend, but then he has like a 12-year-old sociopath, freaking crazy white kid that's right. in his gang, too. So. I guess they just they let anybody in, mm-hmm. but RoboCop kills them all too, so yep. that's great. So meanwhile, in real world, and I'm going to touch on that real quick, by 1980, like the Crips and Bloods in L.A. were like 15,000 strong. Mm-hmm. So they'd grown significantly, and the, the average age was between 14 and 24 years old. And of course, then you started seeing more of the gang rituals that were happening. Like they'd jump in somebody where they'd beat them up when they wanted to join a gang. Other initiation rites were like uh, someone who wanted to join a gang would go and either rob somebody or beat somebody or even shoot somebody. Yeah. And, of course, they'd start wearing their colors. They would start using graffiti to mark gang territory and doing hand signs and stuff. So all this started really happening in the 80s. And, of course, this is really when the blue was adopted by the Crips and red was adopted by the Bloods as their official colors. New York gangs were on the rise as well. Well, let me back up. The gangs I was talking about was pretty much the L.A. gangs. But New York gangs were on the rise as well. Drug business was booming crack was being a big thing, so gangs were getting involved making revenue selling crack as well. So that became a, a big deal. And so I bring this up, too, because around the late 80s is when you know this whole gang culture was starting to be taken seriously in movies. Mm-hmm. It started moving a little bit away from the old, what we've been talking about. Uh, well, the it fir- stopped being dystopian and started
1: becoming real. Right. And the first movie
0: I want to talk about that deals with that is Colors from 1988.
1: It's always going to be gangs, man. It's always going to be fighting. You can stop it for yourselves, Sean Penn, Robert Duvall, in a Dennis Hopper film,
0: Colors. This is a police procedural that was directed by Dennis Hopper. It stars Sean Penn and Robert Duvall. And the film takes place in the gang-ridden neighborhoods of 1980 South Central LA. And it's about the LAPD Rampart Division. And it centers on, you know, Duvall's character and Sean Penn's character as they're beat cops. And they get involved in this dealing with gangs and gang life and everything that happens in there. Probably one of the first films that really tried to treat the gang problem seriously. Mm -hmm. And it got some accolades. It did pretty well. And from what I've been told, it's fairly accurate to what gang life was like at the time. And nothing had really been seen by then. And it's actually the first movie I think Dennis Hopper directed since freaking Easy Rider. So. Uh So, yeah, it, it, it did pretty well. And fun fact, Ice-T does the main theme song for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So you might hear it in this podcast. But also another thing was happening at this time, which we talked about a couple episodes ago in exploitation, which was the new black renaissance mm-hmm. in filmmaking. So this was 88 when Colors came out. In 1989, Do the Right Thing came out and blew the fuck up. Yeah, Spike Lee's best movie. You know, it didn't deal with gangs, but it dealt with violence and racial tension in a New York neighborhood yeah, in the summer. It was the
1: blacks and Italians, yes, so it wasn't so. gangs, but it kind of, it was the idea of gangs. Right, right.
0: Yeah. But the one movie that came out right after that that did deal with gang life was Boys in the Hood from 1991. We talked about that extensively. I know you love that movie. As an 11-year-old kid, you were trying to go and see it and all this other stuff.
1: So. Yeah, and I told you the whole story was that my mom went to go see yeah, it yeah, and yeah. decided I wasn't allowed to go see it. Yeah, and you are mad about that. That's well, fine. she already knew what a really cool gang movie was and that movie was West Side Story (laughs) so she was like you don't need to see right you've already seen a cool movie about gangs you saw West Side Story Story. so what this this uh Uh, Boys in the Hood thing
0: yeah you don't need to see that therapy
1: so the movie did really well and it
0: got a lot of accolades and it was nominated for both Best Director and Best Original Screenplay during the 64th Academy Awards making John Singleton the youngest person ever nominated for Best Director oh wow yeah and I think this movie really jump-started the whole Hood movie subgenre of films that came out and helped elevate the Black Renaissance at the same time. <laughs> I mean, not all Black Renaissance movies were Hood movies, but I think the hood movie subgenre of films that dealt seriously with gang life and with urban life in a serious tone that wasn't like the giggler getting shot by Charles Bronson. This was real drama and not action movies with gang members as like fucking like cannon I th- fodder.
1: I think this showed that another African-American director other than Spike Lee could also do right. something similar but very different.
0: Yeah, and I've got a list of movies. I'm just going to just kind of hit on some of those. You had New Jack City. We talked about that I before. Love that movie. Directed by Sweet Sweetback's badass song Son. Mm-hmm. Mario. Mario yeah. Van Peebles, starring Ice-T, because mm-hmm. you love Ice-T. Straight out of Brooklyn from 1991. American Me, which is about gangs in prison, which I've never seen that movie, but I know it's... Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Menace to Society, which was a big, damn, classic. Classic, classic, classic movie. And then Dead Presidents, also done by the Hughes brothers after Menace to Society, which is more of a period piece. Yeah. But it's really good. I saw yeah. it not too long ago. It's really excellent.
1: I feel like you missed one, an important one, which yes. was the black film Cool as Ice, Um <laughs> And that was, I feel like, also really important. Yeah, that kind really of a motorcycle I, you know, gang of thugs. That, that's right. You know, they go town to town. To town. town. Yeah, it's yeah. Just and it's like important. it's important. And it was like, drop
0: that zero, get with the hero. I mean, that's gang. That's gang slang. That is yeah. gang slang. I think they really touched on the. It was, it was a very important film. Very important film. I'm, I'm sorry I missed it. I'm glad you picked that up. Yeah. So yeah, by my favorite black actor, Vanilla Ice, was mm-hmm. in that. Now I'm going to move on a little bit and change gears a little bit. Because although these movies were great, that sort of fizzled out by the end of the 90s. -hmm. Like, realistic movies that dealt with the gang situation in the 90s sort of fell apart. But they sort of switched over to TV. The first thing I'm going to talk about are HBO shows. The first one came at the end of the 90s, and that was Oz. Mm Mm-hmm. That's started Big in nineteen ninety, 19- yeah. Are you really? Oh yeah. That ran from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand three and it dealt with Oswald Correctional Facility, which is a fictional correctional facility. And the area that I guess had got most of the attention was a place in there called Emerald City, which was like an experimental jail in the middle of that prison. And so it just dealt with all the
1: people and the prison guards and everything else that happened. They kind of tried on. to create their own little mini society, yeah. you know, within there and, and try to see if that worked better than having everybody locked off in individual cells, so of which there were some, but Right.
0: I watched a couple of episodes here and there, but I've never really saw that show.
1: Yeah. If you're a fan, then I guess you know a lot more than I do. I loved the show. You know, I'm terrified of jail and prison. <laughs> it's just one of those things that I guess everything in, you know, school that tells you don't ever go to jail worked on me because, yeah. uh, and I would just die the first day I was there. I'm such a wimp, but I love the show. Oz, it was, it was very frightening to me as an yeah. early, you know, tw- I think I first saw the first episode when I was in, when I was 20. I've watched the whole series a few times. It's really great, but you're right. I mean, I was actually going to bring it up, but it does deal with a lot of, I mean, it's mostly racial tensions. So yep. obviously there's the white guys, there's the neo-Nazis, there's the black guys, there's the Hispanics. The Hispanics are broken up into different groups, like right. Puerto Ricans. And the fact that it's supposed to be mirroring society in this thing is kind of mirroring society as, yeah, we're a world of all of these different cultures and all these different gangs. You know? Right. It was, it's just super fascinating.
0: Yeah. And I heard on that aspect, they're very accurate, you know, as far as portraying that. And I was trying to look up some stuff to see how, accurate that it portrayed gangs and things like that and actually the one thing that people criticized it and i guess real prisoners did was that real prison's much more boring than oz i'm like, sure in yeah. oz there's like a riot going on every episode i guess people are always getting murdered real it's prison, an hbo show so, right. so you know
1: it's exploitation tv like they really yeah. you know they play it up but the interesting thing was is that i feel like they treated everyone equally fair and equally terrible at the same time you know what i mean it was just they yeah. were they were fair well good the next show I want to talk
0: about is the HBO classic series The Wire. Did you ever see The Wire? Nope. The Wire is fucking excellent. I love The Wire. So, uh, you for and those everybody who don't else in the world. I know it's go. worth it's worth checking out. So The Wire is an American crime drama for those who don't know who I don't know who those are except maybe Slate it's an American crime so I know what it is I just haven't watched it <laughs> okay fair enough so it's an American crime drama that is produced and was filmed in Baltimore, Maryland between 2002 and 2008 was when the show aired and it was written by and produced by reporter David Simon who I guess was from Baltimore and he's mm-hmm. done other shows that dealt with the whole Baltimore thing and it's a huge cast most of them were unknowns at the time some still are some were local actual people that were put in the show so the way the show works so the first season was about cops trying to take down this drug dealer guy so it goes painstakingly into the whole process of trying to do that to legally get wiretaps and all this other shit after season one though the show kind of expanded you know it started showing more of Baltimore so it touched on different areas of Baltimore like the school systems and industry and like the newspaper so then it started focusing on Baltimore as a whole so Baltimore became kind of its own character it really expanded its view of the city Mm -hmm. it's interesting and it's a great show it's very down to earth Uh, I think they tried really hard to mimic what real gang life and street life was in Baltimore but there's one exception and it's a great one there's some liberties that were taken and the best example is the character of Omar Little who's played by actor Michael K.
1: Williams is that the gay one?
0: yeah so Omar Little was like the notorious stick up man like he was sort of like Robin Hood, except he didn't give anything to the poor, he just stole from the drug dealers. Mm-hmm. And he was totally notorious, he was brilliant, he was ruthless, and he had built a rep so much that when drug dealers heard him whistle his signature song, which was Farmer Nadell, when like when he'd be walking down the street, uh, motherfuckers would just be like, oh shit, Omar's coming, and they would just bring their fucking drug money out and give it to him because they didn't want any trouble because they knew how badass he was. And it's like, this dude was so well known and so feared that he's like the freaking Baltimore, Darth Vader. Like you couldn't fuck with him, you couldn't stop him, he couldn't be killed. Just his name scared motherfuckers, and so it was this amazing, uh, this you know, larger than life character that was part of this mundane setting. So Omar really stood out, and he was just badass. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about him real quick, just because um, he was such a larger-than-life character on this show, and he really stood out. Mm-hmm. Next show I want to talk about that came out this time period that dealt with gangs was The Shield. It was an FX show. that Michael shickless. Yes, uh-huh. and that also aired around that time frame, 2002 to 2008, uh, for seven seasons. That one you know, inversely took place in L.A., and The Shield is about a bunch of corrupt cops, They're on the strike team, which is this anti-gang task force. And the show takes place in Farmington, Los Angeles, which is like a fake district in L.A. It was originally advertised as Rampart as a reference to the L.A. Rampart Division police scandal, but then they changed the name to The Shield. Yeah, it's just these corrupt cops dealing with gangs, and I think they do a good job showing street life out in Los Angeles They actually had a bunch of these like fictionalized gangs that were based on real gangs like um, Some of the names of these fake gangs were like the Byzantine Latinos the Los Magnificos the Compton crowns things like that Those were the names of these fake gangs and so these cops were constantly dealing with them It's a great show if you've never seen it and I highly recommend it But you know it was that gritty realism that they were trying to go with Mm -hmm. fun fact Shield creator Sean Ryan's follow-up show Sons of Anarchy actually has some of those fake gangs in it too. so it's like takes place in the same oh, universe wow. as that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just fun fact on that all right so the next movie i'm talking about is gangs of new york from 2002 i'm not going to say much about it, anything about this movie except that you know it took a different spin of dealing with gangs and that it was about those initial gangs i talked about that you know were all immigrants that mm-hmm. came over and were fighting for a piece of ground in new york city in the late 1800s yeah and that's all i got to
1: say about it uh did you like the movie <laughs> so when i first moved to new york i lived in a really shitty apartment in times square across the street from a movie theater and I never get sick, but this one time I, d- I was just deathly ill. And finally, on like the last day of my sickness, I was like, "Okay, I can walk." So I walked across the street, and I was like, "I'm gonna watch Gangs in New York." It was right before the Oscars, mm-hmm. and I like walked in, sat down. The movie starts. I fell asleep. Right. Woke back up when the movie was over, and then wandered back across the street and like went back to my house. That's funny. But the funny thing was is that I had really long hair at the time, mm-hmm. and I started uh, wearing a little braid, a little Leonardo DiCaprio braid. Do you remember that? <laughs> like he you know yeah, had like yeah, a little yeah, yeah, braid yeah. in his long hair and everyone was like oh you must have really loved Gangs of New York and I was like yeah <laughs> it's a really good movie I knew nothing about the movie because I'd slept the whole thing That's because funny. I was in like a you know a NyQuil haze yeah there's a theme here I mean, have you I, fallen asleep I don't know why people do heroin because NyQuil and sequel are the best combination of drugs that yeah. exist on the planet my last movie I'm going to talk about is Attack the Block from
0: 2011 have you seen this movie mm-hmm. It's a British science fiction horror comedy. It's written and directed by Joe Cornish. And it stars John Boyega from the latest Star Wars movie. Well, not the latest one, but Episode Seven. And it's about these little street punk kids in South London. And they're all like Cockney, And they have all the slang. I mean, their slang is just as thick, if not worse so, than Clockwork Orange. And they're like robbing some woman when these aliens basically fall into the city. Mm-hmm. And now they have to fight these aliens and it, it focuses on this little street punk kids or whatever. And of course they're like multi We actually have that, like one white kid in their gang. Uh, the rest are, are black, I believe. It shows it from their point of view. So usually these little gangs, they wouldn't be the focal point if they're like little thug gang kids, but mm-hmm. they're the focal point. Huh. And so I don't know how accurate it is because they have like a lot of phrases and... Were the aliens accurate? Yes, the aliens okay, were... Good. They really got the aliens As long as they're so fairly represented, good. I'm happy. Yeah, that's all that matters. Again, another little British gang in South London Mm -hmm. and I just thought it was kind of cool and I wanted to mention it. On that note, I'm going to end this fucking thing. This is where I'm going to leave this topic. There are plenty of examples of gangs being nothing more than leather-wearing fodder for white heroes to dispatch, showing no similarity to their real-world counterparts, as I've discussed. And of course, the reason being for that, Hollywood didn't want to make a string of movies where one ethnicity kills another, straight up, right? Yeah, So they mix sure. them up a little bit, of course. With the emergence of black renaissance movies in the 90s, though, street gangs received a more accurate portrayal than they did in the 80s and earlier on, which is good. And I think some of that's still echoed today, especially in the TV shows I mentioned. Still, just for the record, I'll take the Giggler getting shot in the back any day if it means the neighborhood can all come together and applaud his demise. They killed the Giggler! Anything to add? No, nothing. (laughs) Uh, that's awful so did you like the episode yeah i
1: did it was uh super interesting
0: well everybody thanks for listening to season three for those of you who've been with us from the beginning we really appreciate you guys listening to us keep sending stuff our way we'll shout you out in season four and we always like to hear new stuff from listeners
1: So, yeah. we'll talk to you over the summer
0: all right see you in the summer thanks again thanks Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can find links to some of the movies we talked about today along with pictures, videos, and additional resources. As well as Sunday Slum Day, our weekly recommendation
1: for the best and sometimes worst films every Sunday night. If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. Wait, I'm going to do that again. All right. Was it nominated for lamest picture of the year? I I don't have that in my notes. Voted and. But you would have voted. Was my mother nominated for best actress in a lame movie?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think she was. And she won. Yeah. So good for She sure did. (laughs)
1: Lame.